you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast. Now available in Pumpkin Spice. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I should say, what's up, girl? Big development <laughs> behind the glass uh, on Tuesday's show. Um, we spoke of uh, Sydney's misfortune the week prior when Upon hearing that a old Zeus or F-bomb had gotten into the uh, final version of our podcast, um, she turned around her car, started racing back to the office to make the exit, uh, make, make the edit, and uh, rear-ended somebody. Bad news. And she got banged with a, uh, a beefy uh, mechanic bill. And we said, well, what can we do? <laughs> what can I do? Save our Sydney. And I reached out to the greatest listeners in the world. And uh, we asked uh, a GoFundMe account, if possible, we could set it up. The subreddit, led by the fearless leader over there, Greeby. That guy. He gets things mesh. done. He is. He's one of those guys you want in the fox the foxhole. He's like the wolf from Pulp Fiction. He's like the wolf. He's like, uh, been watching a lot of YouTube videos with my son this week. In the Avengers, Captain America, he's like the point man. How about Michael Clayton, the ultimate fixer? Absolutely. Little Clayton, the ultimate, and a big oh, spot. Great movie. Um, and I was working in a coffee shop last night. I saw a David Hasselhoff there. That's not connected to the story at all. But I did see that <laughs> Greeby had put up a GoFundMe, and um, with a goal of five hundred dollars. Which Sid, you said that was uh, basically what you were looking at for your repair. You had to pay out to your insurance. That's called a deductible. A deductible. Right, right. And within three hours, we had reached that goal. And then uh, when I woke up this morning and I, I checked, uh, I checked uh, that GoFundMe again. Greedy had to shut it down 
Almost a thousand dollars raised. Right, and that was posted at midnight Eastern. Essentially, it started. Yeah. So, who well, knows? We should mention that, uh, Mr. F. Well, I want to call Answer. out special uh, attention to um, a few people here. Peter Willman, Mr. F, both dropped Benjamin in a big spot. Whoa. Joshua Lowler, 50 bones. And then uh, Bruno Gagnon, 40 bones. <laughs> AJ Smith, Keith Woodley, and Tom Sean, all, all $25. And then, you know, everybody else, it was, I believe, over 50, uh, four, 54 exactly donations before Greeby shut it down. Uh, to get to that final total of. I know I already said it, but I forgot that we had this drop. Nine hundred fifty dollars. That was a long drum. Yeah, Sid, uh, the floor is yours. Do you have any comments for the uh, listeners who have made your life better on this Thanksgiving Eve? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it just speaks to the amazing listeners that we have. I mean, I woke up this morning and I saw a tweet from uh, Kevin Patra that had a screenshot of like I think eight fifty at that point, and. I mean, what a way to wake up. I just, I can't even, I'm kind of in shock and everything feels very surreal at this point. Well, well we had to shut well, it down before Sydney got, you know, <laughs> rims and tinted. It's not just that. You know, it's, <laughs> she was talking up here before you guys came up that, oh, it's, you know, I got the deductible paid. I'm so, so thankful. But with an extra 450, it's like, I'm going to go, I have clothing to buy. I've got new sweaters <laughs> and hats. I'm like, I'm not sure that's where the, the extra money should go. Yeah. I also have sandwiches to buy. Sandwiches to buy. I mean, if we, I don't know, and Sid, maybe you could figure it out. That, that will be maybe your, what do we do with the excess money once you know for sure what the bill is? And, you know, hell, you know, maybe you can get the fast pass at Disneyland. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's your money, right? I don't know. No. But. Well, it's Disney is incredibly expensive. But Greg shot down immediately Sydney having the money to herself. Ah, well, you're the one who came up with the idea to, do to donate it. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, and then Mark had the idea. This is all on a on skirt. Well, yeah. Our, our, I am a, a client that we don't speak of. Uh, that maybe Sydney should have a role in the decision-making process. I think so it is technically uh, her fundage. It is. I one thing that went buried here. You've you've got a second job at a coffee shop. <laughs> what? Why? Well, no, I write there. I write at the coffee bean. Oh, I think, I, it's a creepy place. The way you uh, phrased it night. made it sound like you were. I mean, you have another child. You're not. You're a barista. You know. Uh, yeah, I, Money that's is my short. next job. Uh, yes. In fact, you could check out. My latest end around column where I, I actually went through every single NFL auction item last night. I was in that coffee shop for four hours and wrote about about 15 of my favorite offerings for the NFL fan. Four hours. Did you run into Gunther? I didn't see Gunther there, no. Gunther is like uh, feeling himself out in the Hollywood Hills. All right. <laughs> we did mention uh, Mr. F, who uh, – donated $100 towards Sydney's cause. He is the sponsor of the show, his entire economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands, in fact. Mr. F. Today's show, uh, Tuesday show, again, it's a little bit of a different week because Thanksgiving here and uh, the Estados Unidos. Is it Unidos? Unidos. Les Estados Unidos. Los Estados Unidos. Oh, Los, yeah. Les is French. Um... We have a little bit of a different schedule, so we have another show right here. A day later, uh, we... Broke down the Thanksgiving Thursday games, but there are no buys this week. That means uh, 32 teams, 16 games, nobody on buy. Uh, so we have 13 more to get to. Even I can do that math. Strong. What about 13 times two? How many teams involved? 26. Nailed it. That's good. What's wonderful is they have us 
previewing games on so many different platforms that in another part of the internet, we've already previewed half these games yesterday, making this show especially fresh, I'm sure. For the four of Some us. Some Sessler math there. Literally one one game of these that we previewed ahead of time. What did you one. get on a state mandated math test? It's much more than that. You don't want to know how it was one. Math. It was one. Jets. Did Jets you do bats. well? Oh, I was horrible at math. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Okay, so we have all these games to get to. Why don't we start? Guys, let's get right to it. Sydney's got a glow. It's actually there's like an orb around her. To feel so loved. Did you cry when you saw it at all? Did you get choked up or emotional? Yeah, you know, a little bit. Uh, I'm just kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. And it just kind of drove home, like, how lucky I am to be a part of this crew and with these fans, like, legitimately the best listeners. Our listeners. We have the greatest listeners in the world. That was a little Trumpy. The best. The best listeners in the world. He's uh, the best. But, uh, and they proved it again. Especially check out that subreddit because a lot of the great um, fun stuff uh, from the uh, Around the NFL fan base, uh, the subreddit Around the NFL podcast. All right. Let's start in Chicago. All right, we're going to start. We're going to kind of ease into things here a little bit, okay? So the Tennessee Titans, still a team that if you want to see some exciting football, uh, you can check out the Titans on offense, and they're probably going to get you excited. And you would expect uh, them to do some things at Chicago against the Bears, against Jay Cutler, uh, Greg Rosenthal, um, and Marcus Mariota, if he has any designs on uh, keeping the Titans in the mix, got to take care of business here. And they should, and not not against Jay Cutler, of course. Uh, he was reported to be out for the season. Looks like that's the Bears, at least, are disputing that. But we're going to get Matt Barkley in a game that has playoff implications, which is terrible, which is why this should be the last thing we talk about with the Bears in this game. I'm excited to watch Mariota against a bad defense. I was thinking, you know, watching Mariota last week, he is the master of the mid-range game. He is the equivalent of uh, Carl Malone mm. in the NFL. Or Dirk Nowitzki. I'm trying to think of someone with <laughs> a nice 15-footer. He's got the 15-yarder. He's got a feathery touch from uh, He's the, the mid-range game. Little uh, Dirk. You know. How about a little Steve Young for a LaMarcus Aldridge is that guy now. Yeah. Rip Hamilton was good. He reminds me a little bit of Phillip Rivers if you take away the running and movement in the pocket. I just mean in terms of when he's throwing it. When I think Phillip Rivers, I think Mariota, I think these on-point darts that are right in between the zone, 15 to 20 yards, that, that's what he does best. He will carve up the soft underbelly of your defense over the middle. Right. And the middle of Chicago's defense, no Jarrell Freeman. He's been suspended. That he's- was the second-rated inside linebacker league-wide, according to PFF. Their best defensive player. I mean, that's crazy. First of all, that's not a good thing if Jarrell Freeman's your best defensive player. Like, where's Pernell McPhee doesn't even play that much for them, which is surprising. He's coming off of an an injury. Everything that could go wrong for this Bears team has gone wrong. How about this, Greg? To that point, and this is from our research notes, uh, the Bears were already a talent-deprived team entering the season. Entering the season. By the end of last week's Giants game, Chicago had 10 of its 22 starters at the beginning of the season injured or suspended. And the Bears' last four first-round picks are also injured. Kyle Long, Kyle Fuller, Kevin White, and Lenny Floyd. Maron. Their starting quarterback. (laughs) There's no teams coming back from that, especially the Bears. Their starting quarterback, Jay Cutler. Their top two receivers, Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White. Their tight end, Zach Miller. Both Pro Bowl guards, Kyle Long and Josh Sitton. All of that missing from their offense. And that's great news for the Titans, who, like the Browns, are, care play- of business. are playing their 12th game this week. They are the last two teams that will have a bye 
next week. And as bad as that loss was to the Colts, they, they're not going to have the tiebreaker. If you can win this game, you get to 6-6. Six and six. Who knows? The next time they might be playing, they might be tied for first because the Texans might be 6-6 six well, six at that point. Well, and there's a bit of interdivisional luck for the rest of the AFC South because Scott Tolzien is going to be starting against the Steelers on Thanksgiving Who? night. Scott Tolzien. Scott Mark, it's a drop. It's part of the show. Just keep going. You can do it. I, I love it. Yeah. Don't I love it. Yeah. Don't tell Claybon, but if, if the Titans can't beat the Matt Barkley led Bears, Uh-oh. they don't deserve Say to be it. in the playoffs. Well that's a little <laughs> It's a little different. Tell tell the hot takes on Budsman. I mean seriously, if you if you cannot beat this talent deprived right. Bears right. team. You did not belong in the playoffs. Well, and by the way, you'd be five and seven. Right, right. You're not making the playoffs. Um, win the game. Let's move on. Uh, next up, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, really easing into action here today. Uh, two and eight. Look at it this way: we're getting all the dirt bags out of the way, and uh, well, a few not, more to come. Not a ton of great games, actually. Not the best week of slate. It's not a good Sunday of games. I think the worst one of the year. We're getting some of the good ones on Thanksgiving. Just Matchups didn't work out this week. All right, so here you go. Here's the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we know all of their troubles this year uh, from the quarterback on down. They're 2-8. and eight. Now they travel to Buffalo to face a 5-5 five and five Bills team that has very little wiggle room now. Um, they are two games out of the final AFC wildcard spot, uh, which tells you everything you need to know. The division went bye-bye, uh, as we know, with the Patriots involved, so they got to win this game. Will, Mich- Will LaShawn McCoy be playing this game? What are we hearing, Mark Sessler? Well, he practiced on a limited basis today on Wednesday, and I think that's a huge, one of the biggest injuries league-wide to monitor because McCoy's season has been fascinating. I think he's been uh, the heart of their offense in many ways, and if he's healthy, we saw when he was playing against Cincinnati last week, looked great, and I, I like this Bills offense in, in what, they, what they've done in terms of we are a heavy running team and we're going to try to overpower people and you can do that against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's played some tight games over the last three or four weeks. Defense has been fine other than the Houston game. But if you're Buffalo, I mean the Tennessee game, you cannot slip up here. You're at home. After this week, you play the Raiders, the Steelers, you get the Browns then, but then you have the Dolphins and the Jets. And the Dolphins, the Buffalo Miami situation from here to the end of the season is one of the more fascinating Divisional races out there. Buffalo cannot slip up this week. I think this, and this is not my um, lock of the week, I can tell you that. I, but I think this is going to be one of the most lopsided games of the week. I think the Bills will come to play, and I think this game, we're, you know, we're talking a 20 to 25 point uh, difference. Well, people, wow. Some, some have tried to fashion this as a Doug Marone revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge goes the other way. If anything. You're well, the, you're the yeah. coach that didn't even say goodbye in person to your players. You texted them. And jumped out of your contract? What revenge? This guy's lucky he has a job. Here's what Rex Ryan had to say about that on Wednesday. Doug isn't the coach here anymore. I'm blessed to be. So, of course, I hope it's miserable for him and the rest of the Jaguars. Is that still the worst coaching move you've seen? What, leaving the head coach? Well, it was hubris. Malarkey Malarkey did a very similar thing also to Buffalo. He's sitting on top of the NFL world now. (laughs) That's Titans team. I was sitting. I was in the newsroom working a – ATN shift on New Year's Eve when this happened. And at the time, it was reported that he was well-respected for the job he did in Buffalo. He yeah, because his lot agent talks up. to the, the insiders. The Jets uh, were supposed to, uh, were especially interested. He was yep. a Bronx native. And there, there are people who believe uh, 
the columnist for the Daily News, Manish Mehta, played a heavy role in Marone not getting that Jets job because <laughs> he completely went after um, Marone in a series of columns. Mm. And uh, the Jets' ownership does listen to what's written. Well, you know what Doug Marone did in Buffalo? He led them to a winning record. Yeah. And no one has done that for Kyle Williams in Kyle Williams' entire 10 or 11, I'm not sure what season he's on, his entire career. This is a guy that one day is going to be in the Bills' ring of honor, and he's having a monster season. I mean, I think he's been a really good story, how good Kyle Williams has been. Win one for Kyle. Send him to the playoffs. There is one (laughs) note in this game. We should mention Sammy Watkins is back. He said that he is finally 100. I feel like the guy has not been fully healthy in forever. He says he's 100% that the time off was good. Real quick, state of the Bills before we leave this game. Do we all agree that Rex and Tyrod Taylor are both coming back in 2017? Yes. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see how it ends. I would say this is Rex Ryan's revenge tour from here on out because right here I'll start with myself. I watched this guy out of town a month or two ago, and he is proving everyone that he can still coach. I I think they have to go over 500. I think they got to win nine Mm, games. I I, really do. Tyrod Taylor has definitely exceeded my expectations. Their their injury situation on offense – has been brutal uh, at receiver. Maybe they get Watkins back. I honestly think if he wins two or three more games, seven or eight wins, he should be good. The locker room is with him this year where it was not parts of it last year. That's fair. Let's uh, move on and talk about an AFC North game uh, that, you know, the schedule makers probably thought this had a chance to be a little better when initially uh, the season started here. The three, six and one Bengals uh, traveling to Baltimore to face the five and five Ravens and uh, Mark Susser, this this Cincinnati team does not have a great uh, chance missing AJ Green, right? AJ Green, Gio Bernard, I, I think they're missing a lot more, even with the players. But Green was at the heart of the all of this. Uh, Green, well, me. Green is Green is a top three NFL receiver, and you've lost him. And last week, it felt like watching them against the Bills that the Bills secondary completely swallowed up anything that the Bengals wanted to do through the air. One of those interceptions for Dalton were not on him. It bounced off Tyler Eifert's chest, but he almost threw a third, threw a third interception because there was just nobody open. And you, and you lose Bernard in the passing game. That's big too. But I look at also Jeremy Hill and say, where's the foundational running game for this offense? What is it that they can go out, plan to do, and accomplish? Nothing, because that offensive line has been worked over all year. And this is a horrible matchup for the Bengals. The, Bill, the Ravens are a top two defense this year in many categories. And they play even better at home, as we've mentioned many times. And I think their offense is starting to get healthy, too, with Steve Smith back and playing at a high level. Their running game did some good things at Dallas, even though they, again, abandoned it like a derelict house in the middle of the forest. <laughs> the uh, the Bengals are so unlucky in many different ways. And one of them's now you have a better Andy Dalton and now you have a worse team around Andy Dalton. It would have been nice to have this Andy Dalton on the team or a healthy one last year or a couple of years ago because I, I think this is going to be one of the toughest six weeks of Andy Dalton's career. This is a tough situation. He started to look like the offensive line issues are affecting him. He's becoming more hesitant. It's it's natural. And, you know, if things go south here, it's just going to start that whole, like, is this a guy that can lift up our franchise? I, I don't think that's uh, going to be fair. I think he's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't, when I watch Bengals games, I don't feel like Dalton, where he was t- 
previous to two seasons, two or three seasons ago, Dalton was an absolute disaster in 2014 at right. games where... No, I think he's played well. I think he's yeah, not the issue. Say. But the if, last few weeks, I think he's become hesitant. The two weeks, uh, I, I believe since they come back from the bye, he hasn't quite been the same. I, I think s- he's out of the woods, though, as far as how that organization and fan base view him. Yeah, and I, I think that, like the... I think we had this conversation about Marvin Lewis yesterday. I think the Bengals as an organization should be able to wash their hands of the season and say this one just yeah and take it's a shot almost at like the Ravens last happened. year when you have this many injuries yeah. how how do you really assess what happened Terrell Suggs also playing really well it's a, I, I don't know what's in the are they gonna win that in division? the water these old defensive guys coming back from serious injuries Will, Kyle Williams and Terrell Suggs and, and it's like the, it never happened interesting theory that something's in the water well I don't know modern medicine the sports going on I think sports medicine is definitely starting to shift things. And if I'm, for instance, wrong, which I don't think I will be, about hashtag slight regression, it's time to really take a close look at what's happening. That's that's maybe a long form. I'll oh, write in the offseason. Oh, this is the spin cycle what's at happening. this point, that if if slight regression doesn't occur, <laughs> you're you're going to launch an investigation on sports yeah. medicine. You yeah. won't have to. The, the NFL will already launch an investigation <laughs> into the Patriots again. I mean, Ted Wells will have a 400 page, Ted Wells, seventy-three million dollar report that proves nothing. <laughs> Let's put James Harrison on the cover of that report. Well, that that's my long form. We'll get into all of these. Okay. okay. All right, waiting for it. All these different players. Brady first and foremost. Um, moving forward, Arizona Cardinals. Oh boy, four, five, and one. Did we fork them on Tuesday? We did. Yep. So, in our opinion, it's all over for the Cardinals. Uh, but. They still have a chance to, to hang around in the race if they can knock off the 6-4 and four Falcons in Atlanta. The Falcons, of course, last year struggled in the second half, uh, but this feels like a much different team, especially with uh, the offense they have. But I will say this, Chris Wessling, Cardinals have the number one ranked defense in the league uh, right now, uh, and perhaps that could be the dis- difference maker here. Well, I think if you watched – it's interesting. You watched the Vikings game, and Troy Aikman says – it's been a long time since I've seen a quarterback take as many hits as Carson Palmer took today. I thought the Cardinals hit even harder than the Vikings did in that game. The Cardinals were swarming to the ball on defense and beating the crap out of the Vikings. If you look at that game, the Vikings, their points came on an interception return, a kickoff return, a trick play flea flicker out of the Wildcat, and one long drive, which was three personal fouls mm. on the Cardinals. It wasn't that the Vikings were beating the Cardinals' defense. It's another what if. What if the last year's Cardinals had this defense? You know, that's a Super Bowl team. It it, it shows you the limitation. I don't think they're the best defense in the league, by the way. I mean, I know they're ranked in terms of yards allowed, but I think it's legit to call them a top five group, and they've certainly won that Chandler Jones trade. I would much rather have Chandler Jones than that draft pick. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll tell you what, boys. I think the card. This is a wounded animal game for the Cardinals. It's basically win or go home in a lot of ways for them. Uh, but I think all these flaws that we're seeing week after week, where they just don't have the magic, I think it's going to come through here with a, a a resounding Falcons win. And that's why, gentlemen. Oh no! I'm going to lock it up. Falcons will move to seven and four. The Falcons irrelevant or mm. Cardinals irrelevant. Locked it. Watching the Falcons' offense this year is like watching the Cardinals' offense last year. Everything's clicking. And you don't have the offensive line issues that the Cardinals have. Well, he's been hit a lot. That's the last game we saw, you know, the Eagles got after Matt Ryan. I I went and looked because they they have offensive line QB hit stats on NFL.com, which is surprising. Why don't we have individual QB hit stats? That's just a 
a minor thing. The Falcons giving up the sixth most QB hits in the entire league on Matt Ryan. And so maybe, maybe this is a game they can get after him a little bit, but the Cardinals have no answer. Every It's all David Johnson. Everything is And David. Larry Fitzgerald. And he can handle it. Larry Fitzgerald doing, making unbelievable plays. He's 20, 25 to 30 touches a week at this point. That's a tough pace to keep up for Johnson. The Cardinals only have four wins, as we said. They've been against the Buccaneers, the Jets, and the 49ers twice. Not beating anybody. To your point, Greg, Carson Palmer's passer rating to Larry Fitzgerald is over 100, and it's under 65 to both John Brown and Michael Floyd. David Johnson's the second best wide receiver on the team. This year. When they're yeah. lining him up in what the happened? spot, he's insane. We should give you – I mean, we we take it for granted at this point how good David Johnson is, but it, he, is, he has made the leap and then some. I mean, he has been absolutely insane. You asked what happened. I think it's there – if you can't – if you if your offensive line's going to fall apart in the middle of the season, we've already talked about teams on the show where that's the case, and your offense gets reduced to to one fifth of what it was. But like. you also had guys like John Brown who looked primed to become. He's got issues. He has, Pro he, Bowl type he's players. got health issues though. Yeah, I mean, it's, maybe that's it's, just part a lot of, of this problem, stuff's man. crept up at once. I was talking to uh, DJ Move the Sticks. Yeah, great podcast he has. It's pretty good. He puts okay. a lot of stock into your off season theory. He thinks Palmer's cooked. He doesn't think Palmer's coming back. And he thinks that game was like a, a, a big reason why. Uh, so watch him. He watch him in the pocket. He doesn't want to slide to his left. He's really reluctant to do that. Hmm. Uh, one last note from Bruce Arians, who was in the hospital again uh, recently, but should be on the sidelines for this game. Uh, Kent Summers of the Arizona Republic reported that Arians is not happy with first-round pick Robert Kimdiche. Mm. Uh, doesn't work hard enough. The coach said. <sighs> Kim Diche, Kim Diche, Kim Diche. Why did you fall out that window? Kim Diche, Kim Diche, Kim Diche. You must work harder to reach your potential. <laughs> beautiful. It's pretty good. It's tender. Just beautiful. It's poignant <laughs> moment here in the studio. <laughs> I'm going to write that story up. Look at the Cardinals. Three of their last four. What about my performance? Song? Yeah, I'm going to include that in there. I'm going to ask Sydney for the tape and put that in the article. <laughs> Three of their last four first-round picks are Kim DJ, DJ Humphreys, and Jonathan Cooper. They got nothing out of those guys as rookies, and if you want to be a contender, you can't you can't keep doing that. Yeah, well, that, I would that say that up. we didn't see that until now because last offseason we were still talking about the Cardinals for a lot of other valid reasons as the premier team in the NFC when it comes to developing, drafting, and developing players. They were already not doing that. You're, they're taking – they're knowingly – drafting players who are projects in the first round when other teams have decided we're not ready to take them in the first round because they're going to take a couple years to be ready. Um, let's move on. You know who had another good mid-range jump shot? Great 18-footer, Charles Oakley. Yeah. Oak, is that, will that be him. the eighth person that we compare Marcus Mariota to on this show? It's not even about Mariota anymore. It's not like the first thing of Oakley's game I would no, think of. It no. wasn't. I mean, he was a brawler and a bruiser and a great teammate. More uh, like Bill Wennington. But – you know People don't realize that about, he stroked. What a little Ricky Pierce action. Ricky Pierce. Oh, what yeah. a great sixth man. It's <laughs> a great 18-footer. Yeah, he did. Uh, Bill uh, Lambeer, too. Lambeau could stroke. <laughs> Next up, we uh, Didn't travel. Didn't expect to hear that phrase. <laughs> Lambeau uh, could stroke. Yes. Uh, let's travel to, oh, the factory of sadness, where the Cleveland Browns are 0-11, looking for that first win. And here come the New York Giants, who have seven wins, 7-3, Riding a five-game winning streak, 
Um, I believe we have Josh McCown again behind center. Is that correct, Mr. Sessler? That is correct. Yes, Cody Kessler was concussed last week. Uh, and meanwhile, Eli Manning plays because Eli Manning's never missed a game, which shows you the schism between these two franchises. But anyway, uh, Mark Sessler. <laughs> well, just it's, it's funny that it's absolutely well, fair. it's not funny, but the Browns have had six quarterbacks this year. The Giants have had one for the past. It is 13 far years. from funny, but it is yeah. accurate. Uh, yes, great. No, I was going to say and it's a it, it's a credit to Eli. It's a little un- underrated. His brother kind of got a lot of that, and Favre, obviously. But Eli might pass him. Who knows? But anyway, Mark, is this the week that the Browns get off the schneid? No. Oh. And I realize, you know, like I said, uh, we've already discussed this game on multiple other platforms. Oh. And there is a clown car, a trio of what? clowns floating around <laughs> in a clown car oh, yeah. who all picked this game in favor of the Browns on I believe it's on YouTube Greg I forgot I about thing? that I forgot I like, about I like, the old Mark podcast is so angry that you picked this you blew up this segment to you know as a spoiler alert you well, to give us this it, moment it's all right Pod I'm not never. giving you your moment <laughs> NFL pick you, you of all people you guys asking me to give you guys your moment well, I thought I was alone in making that prediction. What does that even mean? I don't know. I have no idea. You have often said on this podcast, look, I don't have the numbers to back it up. I don't have any kind of fancy logic. I just have a feeling it's going to happen. And for the first time all year, I have a feeling the Browns are going to shake up the football world a little bit. That Everybody's patting the Giants on the back this year like they're a legitimate 7-3. and three. They're lucky to be 7-3. and This three. is a 9- or 10-win team. The fewest, the fewest mar- – Connor Orr wrote a good article about it earlier this week. The, the smallest margin of victory for a 7-win team in NFL history. And it's 27, Thank you, Connor 27 points for 7 wins. And that said, the whole league is a rather watered-down operation right now. So I don't have a problem. The Giants, to me, <laughs> don't stand out as the one team in the league that doesn't deserve their record. Well, what? you even – They what, don't. I'm a little confused right now. Because you, you're saying the Bre- Giants aren't that good. They're not as good as their record. I know. I you, said, you're I on just, record that they're going to win the Browns eventually. I just said that I have no problem with them winning close games. The right. teams well, all the Browns, around the league don't deserve their record. The Giants, maybe the Giants are a six-win team okay. or a five-win team, but they're not a bad team. But I know that this is a different regime now in New York, but the Giants, they, they'll gag games here and there. And this feels like the one – they shouldn't be eight and three after eleven games, and this is also like kind of like it's not really the right way to analyze sports at all. But the Giants don't feel like they're going to be an eight and three team. I think seven and four is definitely appropriate, if not six and five. So I think this is where they get pinched, and I think the Browns win again. I think we're all in agreement that Cleveland probably is going to go about one and fifteen. So that win is coming. Coming, it's got to come at some point. You're running out of time. This might be the easiest but, one on the schedule. This is the Bengals. What's, le- what's left? Bengals are left. Okay. I, I would say Bengals. Here, here's you, the thing. The Browns are getting worse. That's the concern. I totally agree the with Browns you. The Browns have been getting I worse. I completely agree. Their defense, if it was even semi-tight over the first month, they're losing players. There's players that have been injured. They've got absolutely nothing in their secondary. Right. And now you're, oh, it's let's stop Odell Beckham. Let's stop Sterling Shepard. Let's stop a run game that's actually a little bit better than it's been in the past, which means it will be good against Cleveland. Well, the Bears were right there with the Giants and you know I'm I'm trying not to bury this Giants team and and for a second last week I started think you know what they are coming around a little bit they are able to run the football with Rashad Jennings they are able to hit a few big plays in the passing game which was not happening early in the season they're making some progress but then they're playing the Bears and they've got a touchdown lead and their last five possessions of that game they had two first downs they could not put that game away they just 
all the momentum. I'm thinking, okay, this is starting to look good. They just stopped. And well, and that's how I feel with this Giants team. Lose. They're a stop and start. Look type at their of team. last five games. It's like it's like a Detroit Lions winning streak. They could have lost any of those games. I, I guess the the you know my argument would be if the Giants were going to play the Chiefs this weekend, all of this is fully in play. Well, You're playing a Browns team that has crippled in multiple areas. You gave up eight sacks to the Steelers. You lost one quarterback for like the eighth time this year, and then McCown, who I think has better athletic traits than any other quarterback on the roster also is going to give you this season two killer turnovers a game, and you can't do but that against the Giants. Good. He is good enough, McCown, where he could look like a good quarterback for stretches, and I think this is a game where it could happen, and I think Terrell Pryor is going to win a game one of these weeks. Hmm. I think he'll have a seven for 180 and two touchdowns. I mean, if I get game. this wrong, I'm never going to – it's going to be the great – the great thing that the Browns finally win, and I'm going to be massacred Wait, oh no. on this podcast. <laughs> change your pick. Change your pick. I'm not I don't changing want you to, it. I don't want you to enjoy this victory I'm any not, less. By the I way. I'm not changing it, and, I, and it, it, is, it is ridiculous you know for is? me to, to tell me that I'm going to enjoy uh, the first victory after Thanksgiving. It's, there's is, nothing to enjoy. Oh, you will. I, I, think like. I will not it. a little. You will. You'll like it. No. You want them to win. How about, how about I will tell you how I will feel All right, about this? Here's the thing. This is a theory of knowing you for a long time, Mark, is that you've been so frustrated by watching them that you don't even like to hear people that aren't watching them quite as close saying, oh, they're going to win this week because you, you're so angry at them for Th- sucking so hard. This season has gotten to the point that if you if, – if the final joke would be you lose the number one pick to the 49ers, get the job done. Go 0-6. <laughs> oh, I don't believe it. Get the it. number one pick. Listen, you have to. They lost Marcus Mariota by being the second or third worst team. Yeah. They lost Andrew Luck by being the second or third worst team. If you're going to get it done – Get it done. So but now you want them to go in 16. I don't think it's a crazy thing. I don't want them to go 0 oh, in 16. I want them to get the number one okay. pick well, yeah. just because don't lose out again on the quarterback. We spoiled our picks here uh, if you watch, and you should watch the NFL Pick'em Show. But th- we picked a couple other games, and the content is dynamite this week. Saturday, three times. I got That's the good. times good this time. 5.30 in the morning Pacific, 9.30 in the morning Pacific, and 10.30 p.m. Pacific, and just add three, three hours in your brain for That's East good. Coast. By the way, you we got some ratings pop, so, you know, I'm excited well. about that. Good ratings. You didn't Thank miss you. out on a quarterback in the draft last year, right? You traded out of that pick. I did not do that. Well, the Browns. I'm just yes, saying. they did. You're Thank saying. you. You think that I've forgotten that? Well, Has anyone in the saying, room forgotten that? No, I'm just saying you were saying that they need to stop missing out on these picks. They, they, they chose. I would say I would say that that has been an equally annoying trade of them. But they have they have also managed to get to a point where the Marcus Mariotas of the world, who they liked Marcus Mariota at the time, sneak by you. Okay. You but, mentioned the Chiefs, Mark. This is similar to last week's Buccaneers. Nobody predicted the Buccaneers. It wasn't logical. Someone did. Anything could make this happen. You predicted – oh, that was like a Saturday call, not like on this podcast. <laughs> you know, the Saturday you know, the, call. The back. unbelievable <laughs> dismissive nature of this show is Did you make the call on the podcast? We or on our show? Game. Or in our pick'em show? Pick I think game. this is where we should move on. Did you make the call in your pick'em show? You're right. I, pl- I called it on Twitter before the game. It doesn't count. All right. That's the rules we're playing by. Okay. Let's move on. You know, you would think that us picking the Browns would lead to solidarity, but it did the opposite. It just—it's weird that you never know what could happen. And I wasn't—I had—I wasn't gonna pick the Browns at all, but I got carried away in the emotion of it while we were taping. You guys convinced me. I had no idea I would ever draw Mike's Mark's ire by picking the Browns to win a game. You, but it you specifically are not drawing my ire. It's a—it's a complicated scenario. 
Let's move on. The, the Los Angeles Rams travel to New Orleans to face the Saints, two four and six teams. Uh, and it's a uh, strength against strength game. If you want to get excited here, the the, the Saints have a, a truly great offense. In fact, they're first overall in the league statistically, and the Rams have a top five or just outside defense. Uh, and yet, Greg Rosenthal, uh, as good as the Rams have been on defense, when you're playing in the Superdome, it's gonna hard, it's gonna be very difficult to keep the Saints under you know 28 points, right? It will, and the Saints have, have faced some good defenses lately. They faced the Broncos, they faced the Panthers, and they've started those games out slowly, and yet those last two weeks, it's weird. I think higher of the Saints now. Maybe I'm just a homer this season. I think higher of them now than I did before those two losses. Can't be a homer when they're not technically your team. No, I mean, I'm just or biased or whatever. I think they've looked better because they have a defense now, and you don't have to have a great defense to stop Jared Goff. You just have to have a solid defense, defense with a little bit of pass rush, and now they have that, especially at home. You need 11 players. <laughs> 11 people. Nah, could be CFL, could be NCAA. <laughs> one game. Wes has been burying Goff. It was a bad game, but it was one game in this the This is actually against- great, though. It's on the road, so that's a, a tough task for any rookie quarterback making a second start. But you're going in a place where points are usually plentiful. I will give him a little bit of a pass in the rain, nerves and all that. But he's got Wes has got to put some points on the board in this game, right? Greg, tell me if any of these statements are false or if you disagree with him. He was a downgrade on Case Keenum. They no, couldn't I, run their full offense. I agree with, with all of Gold. your assessments. I'm did just he saying go, it's one game. Did he go first read almost every time he dropped back and didn't examine the field? Yeah. Okay. I'm it, just saying. He looked a lot that, like Bryce Petty. Isn't that the hazard? That, or isn't that going to happen when you put a rookie in in November? You're going to get what should have been figured out by now to some degree. I think it's what happened when you put a rookie in who's not ready to play. Well, I mean – they themselves said he wasn't for a long, long time. Suddenly the, the switch went on. Well, they had ago. another home game yeah. after the crowd had chanted for him in the previous They're home. also an offense that I don't care who the quarterback is. It's Case Keenum is not a massive upgrade over, over anyone <laughs> Right. Else. They had scored two touchdowns in three weeks with Keenum. So it, but the quarterback's like in worse. a tough situation in that offense as it is. I just think it's one of the most uncreative, vanilla attacks league-wide, and it's hard to watch. Well, it raises the question, who is – is who's gonna? Is he learning an offense? Is he getting experience that's just gonna go out the window because they're gonna have a new offense next year, anyways? Well, isn't this the time of the year where Jeff Fisher annually changes his offensive coordinator because the offense doesn't work? <laughs> it's fine if they switch coaches. I mean, it's that happened to Marcus Mariota. Maybe they switch head coaches. I don't think that's totally out of the it's window. It's not, but you, I don't. I think it was. It's beyond time to have put him in there. Well, it, who's more important to the franchise, Jared Goff or Jeff Fisher? Jared Goff, Goff of course. We'll find so, out. I think we know by now that Jeff Fisher is not the guy to bring out the best in Jared Goff. Um, does society properly appreciate Drew Brees? No. He is on pace for 5,243 yards a season, would be the third most in NFL history. He is just as good as he ever was. And uh, and guys like uh, Peyton Manning before he fell off the cliff and like Tom Brady now get a ton of credit for staying good. But Drew Brees is an undersized dude uh, that is, what, 37 now? And he's as good as ever. Uh, that's, you know, just giving him a little love. No, you're, you're right. His future feels more secure in New Orleans now than it did a year ago. I think he's having a better season now than he did a year ago or, or the year before. Well, you mentioned Brady and, and Manning, and they had the, A, the longevity. It was their number one, same with Breeze. But they had the 
added component of playing against each other in so many massive games that there was almost a legendary pairing. And Breeze, and and because the Saints are not what any Peyton Manning Colts or Broncos team or a Brady Patriots team, they've been much more inconsistent. Right. They've, they've, made not two, won. they've made two it, NFC championships. But, but, I mean, Drew Brees is in like 107 commercials, and I would it's argue overexposed on some Well, maybe as a, a commercial entity or something. Sure. But, I mean, as a pure player. Um, Undervalued. And he also maybe lacks that rival like a Brady man. Yeah. Kaepernick, it could have been him, but it didn't become that way. Matt Ryan, it could have been, and maybe it will again. But Hasn't he's been kind guy. of – and the team hasn't. Been. It's a it's a tangent, but I I started thinking the Tom Brady was awarded the first team All Decade Pro Football Hall of Fame team last decade, and he has a pretty good chance to do it again, which is just an outrageous statement. I started thinking who else would be the candidates for this decade, and I would put Breeze third right now, but behind Brady and Rodgers. I mean, yeah. Breeze had a lot of his prime, you know, in the last decade, too. He probably would have been third or fourth in the last decade. We'll, we'll see how Luck finishes out this decade. He yeah. came in at Rodgers. It's a while to go. Yeah. Oh, by, oh, I almost forgot. What? I mean, this Rams team's dead. Jared Goff, forget it. Saints are the best four and six team in the entire Uh-oh. NFL. Uh-oh. Not giving them up. Oh, no. Not giving them up. Are you going to lock it up? He's locking it up? <laughs> wow. Whoa. Uh, that's a great pick, Greg, because Drew Brees, he's thrown at least three touchdown passes in nine of his last ten home games. There is no way. I don't know if he'll throw three or three or four touchdowns here, but there's no way the Rams are scoring 20 points in this game. It's just not going to happen. The only thing it's that can happen. Ever, haven't the Rams more than once done something very annoying, like hold a big offense to like 10 points? Yeah. And you're yeah. thinking, ugh, what happened there? Well, I mean. Greg's well, not afraid, though. That's why he took out the old vault. Got his ear close. <laughs> Got the proper combination, threw the game in there, and sealed it up. Like it. See you Sunday night. Put those on- onions in a gumbo or something. Look at that. <laughs> Let's move on. That is hideous. The San Francisco 49ers are 1-9. and nine. Uh, They stink. Uh, now they travel to Miami to face the Dolphins, who are 6-4. and four. Uh, Dolphins just beat the Rams. Uh, you know, handsome Hank, come back to me. Came after me on Twitter for being <laughs> wrong. You got a lot of people coming back to you at this point. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming after me on Twitter, Mr. Handsome Hank. I saw that. Uh, because was I was wrong about the Dolphins coming back down to earth. This is the Dolphins that were getting shut out with four minutes to play uh, by the by the Rams. Uh, so and, th- and because we know Handsome Hank, he's a, he's a sneaky little guy and he's a cunning man. <laughs> he sends out that tweet knowing that he has the 49ers coming up, too. So and, and I'm sure he'll double down the tweets. Whatever. Have your fun, handsome Hank. But it's all going to come back around because this Dolphins team ain't going nowhere. Mark my words. Well, I would disagree. I've just said only a score there. You guys can talk about the game. (laughs) I think we talked last week about a California hat trick. And here's my one argument briefly, and then you can discuss that it's going to happen. A, well, there's two parts. A, the Niners I'm going to pull off a California hat trick this weekend. They're going to do it. Kinky. (laughs) 49ers over the last five weeks, these are what you've allowed on the ground in rushing. 313 yards in one game. That bad. 249 the next game. Bad. 248. <laughs> bad. 80. Better. That was better. 80. Then 171. Against David Johnson. That is ridiculous. Now the Dolphins on the ground over the last five weeks, 222, 256, 137, 106, 98. Game over. Are you? 
I'm not locked. This is not a lock. You don't lock up against the Niners. I'm just telling you, game over. Uh, Jay Ajayi, what you're saying, translation for the fantasy folk out there as we head down the home stretch of your regular seasons, you better have Jay Ajayi in the lineup in a big spot. I, w- I would be surprised if anyone's pulling Ajayi right. from their lineup in, at all. Well, simpletons. Sure, simpletons. People Brain would, dead people who yeah. had him on their bench. Drug addicts. <laughs> that forgot that they even had a fantasy team. Might have just <laughs> light bulb went off as they were laying in their own vomit listening to our podcast. Point made. If you wanted to play devil's advocate in favor of Jared Goff's performance last week, you would point out that the Rams went overly conservative because they didn't need him to do anything against this Dolphins offense. They punted on, what, their first 11 possessions? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was in the rain against a better defense, but I don't think it's some kind of fate fate accompli that they're going to – route the 49ers. No, I don't. The 49ers have been more competitive the last two weeks. It's a fact. I know we make jokes. Maybe it's not going to last. They were the worst team I've seen in a long time before those last two weeks. But they were more, they've been more competitive. And the Dolphins are going to be missing Pouncey again. They're probably going to be missing Brandon Albert again. I mean, those are their two best offensive linemen for an offense that's, you know, not a juggernaut offense. That's a problem. Teams in a lost season flying 3,000 miles to play a game have right. been known to lay an egg. Kaepernick's playing a little bit Aren't better. are staying in California? Well, they're in Miami for this game. Oh, they, they had oh, stayed. Well, that would make sense. If, if, the, if the Dolphins were to stay in California, that would be another way to lose. Adam Gase said he, he thought he learned his team was a little more mature than he expected with, with that, uh, that whole uh, California trip. Kaepernick, uh, maybe he's not playing that great. He's been a great fantasy quarterback. He's been a top five fantasy quarterback. Upgrade over Blaine Gabbert. He's been an upgrade over Blaine Gabbert. All right, let me look at this schedule now because Handsome Hank is diabolical, so I'm sure he studied all these things. <laughs> Six and four. They got the 49ers at home. Seven and four. You assume they'll win that. Seven and four at Ravens. Count it out with me, Greg. At Ravens. We'll give them a a loss. loss. Seven and five. Home to Cardinals. I'll give them that. Eight and five at Jets. Surprise loss there. Nine and five. Surprise loss there. Division matchup. Like it. Petty will be starting by then. That's a win. Eight and six (laughs) at Bills. Loss. Eight and seven. Home to Patriots. Patriots will do something stupid and blow that. No, you know, they'll be like, they'll be they'll be playing. They'll bring Steven Jackson out of retirement to run the ball. Nine and seven ain't gonna do it, handsome Hank. <laughs> Go home. Go up to, all the way to Britain. <laughs> no, I like him. I want him to stay here. I uh, mean that that whole that whole prediction hinges on the Jets beating the Dolphins. I love that. So let's see how that, that will goes. be fun. I'm going up because Hank now has a beautiful uh, third floor office with a window overlooking the entire complex. Uh, it's the it's the uh, reward for being you know a future commissioner of the NFL. Sure, as we know, uh, I might just go up there with him, watch that game, and then really rub it into him. The Jets end their season. He has breakfast brought to him every day in that office. <laughs> he does. Only breakfast? Well, I mean, I've, I'm sure he could ask for more, but he likes to get out and stretch his legs to get lunch and big long legs, big and long dinner on the corporate legs. card. Let's move on. A lot of Henry talking. <laughs> He's going to kill us. <laughs> I don't know about us. We'll go after me pretty good, I would think. At uh, at Houston, let's talk about what's going on there. San Diego Chargers, four and six. Uh, inexplicably not forked. They're going to win out according to uh, some Yeah, you uh, misspoke. People. Ten and six. That's their record. They're four and six. They're going to they're gonna have to win out to get to, uh, to ten and six. And I guess it has to start in Houston against the six and four Texans. Uh, the Texans still... Ahead in the AFC South, but, it, you know, it's a tenuous grip. Uh, it has to be Chris Wessling uh, with uh, all their issues they have in offense. You're right. The Fork Committee really lacked onions this year. 
What we should have done is forked one of these teams, the one in first place in the AFC South. We should have had onions. Mm, that would have been fun. We've got a we lack some onions with the four committee this year. There's no doubt about it. We've got a four and six team against a six and four team here. And tell me what area, if any, does the six and four team have an advantage on the four and six team? I can't find one. I think you're absolutely right. And well, advanced metrics tell you the same thing. Defense overall, you'd have to. I'm give taking it a the second. Chargers defense in this game. I'm taking them in this game because they're playing Houston, but their run defense, I would say in particular, Houston's pretty good stopping the run. I mean, Romeo, Cornell, these Chargers a good have job. been a better run defense. They're not a great defense, but they're better than average. Chargers have been a better run defensive team than the Texans all year long. They do get Jatavis Brown and Denzel Perriman back this week, which is much needed news for the Chargers. Corey Toomer was playing awesome for them. I give Mine the, I give the Texans, by the way, is not coming back to that team. I no give way. the Texans credit for their defense for how many times have you been saddled with three and out drives, multiple punts That's in a fair. quarter, and you've, great at uh, home. And you've saved the team. So, yes, they've been great That's at home. That's fair. The, the Chargers don't blow anyone out. This will be a, a tight game. It will be a tough game. I think it's a tough one for both of these teams. The, the Texans are coming off a real tough loss, and it's a short week. And the Chargers are coming off – a bye, teams, teams have not been playing well off byes, and, and a tough loss for themselves where it kind of felt like the air of their momentum was coming out for them. I mean, but to back your point that the Chargers are essentially going to win out, I would say the way that happens is if you're the Texans, unless you get a pick six, which they did a couple weeks ago, unless you have something like that happen, how do you keep pace with San Diego's offense unless you're going to get Phillip Rivers? Those those interceptions, the, what, the four of them? Two of them – I would say we're not on rivers to some degree. He's not going to do that multiple interception thing game after game. And you've got to find a way to generate points right. with what is the worst quarterback starting quarterback in the league. I right mean, they now. were in position to kick the field goal just about and win the game there. The chargers against Miami. That that was a killer, killer River, loss. He threw four in the same quarter, but he leads the NFL in interceptions. Phil rivers since week seven. He's got eight of them. So he's made, he's making some mistakes. Maybe he's forcing it a little bit. Great quarterback though. Not going to bury him for it. Well, that one game is not half of that. Valuable though. Oh no! But oh, some be, of those picks yeah. were not him, but they were they were they were pushing. But I also think Rivers is the guy I'd put above. Gosh, almost like all but two quarterbacks in the league, where it's just like this guy is going to keep you in the game somehow. You're going to be there in the fourth quarter, and Rivers is going to do something again. We've seen it a thousand times. I know because of our four committee meeting that I believe Wes and Greg will take the Chargers here. Yep. Pick this game, Mark. Who do you? Have I will here? take the Chargers. All right. I'll lone wolf this one. I think the Chargers get finished off. Hmm. Let's move on. Wait, this, yeah. I don't know if you watch NFL, you know, game day morning. When Every you, morning, and then I DVR, and then even after the games are played, I watch it again. Well, when you do the lone wolf, you're supposed to make like a wolfy sound. Okay, I've never seen the show. If you're gonna lone wolf it, then you know what I'm gonna do. What? It's a big spot. Oh my gosh! What, what, what are is you he? gonna do? I'm gonna lock it up. Gonna lock it up. <laughs> I like it because it, it's in a way like you want to stick it to me. Right, because I feel like you're trying to stick it to our Chargers. I thing. am a little bit. <laughs> oh, you, you read it's it little, properly. It's a little stick for stick, actually. Yeah, a little stick for stick. A little tit for tat, and I like it. That's what it's about in the podcast studio. <laughs> Sticks and tits and tats. You're allowed to say that, right? Uh, yes, we're know. allowed to say it. That's Sydney it. will decide. Sydney. <laughs> If, if we get sued by the FCC, use a chunk of your massive uh, uh, endowment from the uh, listenership. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Okay. Your newfound largesse. That, that needs to be a sound drop, that last sequence. From yeah. Oh, yeah. Sticks and tits and tats. Uh, let's move on. The Seattle Seahawks, 7-2-1. and one. one of the very best teams in football. Travel to Tampa to face the Buccaneers. Scorching Buccaneers. 
This, the scorching uh, Buccaneers, they have won three of four, and they're hanging around in the NFC, didn't even get brought up in the Final Four committee uh, meeting. That in itself is a victory in my mind. Uh, so now they have to figure out a way to beat Russell Wilson, but it's not going to be easy, Greg, not at all. No, it won't. I didn't really think they had much of a chance uh, to beat the Chiefs. I didn't think they had much of a chance to beat any NFL team, even if it's the Bears, by 26 points. So this team has surprised us. And if nothing else, they're getting lucky in terms of when they face this Seahawks team. The Seahawks team is playing well right now, but they are going to be without Procise for the rest of the year. They're going to be without Earl Thomas in this game. I think Deshaun Shedd is out for this game. Mm. Michael Bennett is out for this game. And so, you know, you give them a little bit of a chance to move the ball on offense with Jameis Winston. Why not? Are they going to be without Cliff Averill, without Bobby Wagner? No, those guys are going to be without there. Without Richard Sherman? I, are we sure the Buccaneers can handle It's <laughs> my favorite part of the show, by the way. What? I just sit back and enjoy this whenever a Winston conversation breaks out. Are we sure the Buccaneers can handle their success? They're, they got to be riding high, not being forked by us on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, Not even discussed. It, it's a tough match. Jameis Winston has a lot on his plate. No matter what you – if you like him or you don't, you, I think it's fair to say for a second-year quarterback, he has more on his plate than a lot of second-year quarterbacks. He's got his weight, weight issues under control. There's no need for that stuff. <laughs> I'm, I mean the decision-making oh. that he makes at the line of scrimmage, all of that, you know, going through his reads. He did a really good job last week. The Seahawks are a tough team to dissect – uh, you know, before the snap. I mean, they're a team that's going to scramble your mind is what I'm saying. Whoa. Oh, well, mind scrambling. <laughs> what a special team they are. <laughs> I did not realize what we were dealing with here. Mind scramblers. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is that it's legal? a tough team to win uh, from the neck so. up against. It makes sense. Yeah. But Ted Wells on this team. <laughs> mind scrambling. Um, so you think this will be a close game? Come on, go ahead, do it. Greg's turned on the Buccaneers. No. Oh, uh, have you? Yeah, he has. I've Don't been, let I, him talk you out of it. He's turned on the Bucks. I, I've well, I thought they were really lucky to be three and five, like to get to that record. That's all. I thought they were one of the worst teams. They've played really well, and Jameis is playing really well. Right Mike now. Evans, so is they have Mike right, Evans, they, absolutely. Doug Martin looked a little better last week. Third straight thousand yard season coming up for Mike Evans, which puts him among you know among like Randy Moss and a few other. Really phenomenal talents. Only four, I think, ever. But Richard is, Sherman travels more now than he used to. I think they would have him mm, on Evans most of the especially game. Especially with the injuries that they right. have there. That's a good point. The, the problem is they're playing the team I picked to win the Super Bowl here that I think is looking fantastic, and Russell Wilson has been dynamite. You know, everyone's all excited about him moving, you know, moving around well again. He's making these throws from the pocket. I think he's doing that more than, than he did – earlier in his career. Most of these throws are just drop back and pass. It's you, not him running around. You could possibly have it both ways. If you really are rooting in your heart of hearts for some sort of an upset, that Seattle after this does not play a team with a winning record for the rest of the year. Oh, I'm I rooting mean, for it, the Bucks. You're going to get both. I'm rooting for the Bucks. I got sandwiches on the line. If they somehow sneak into the playoffs, I get some sandwiches. I don't there think what Dirk Cotter said about Winston after the last game, and he was he praised him highly. I don't know why we always have to, anytime we mention Winston, it's in comparison to Mariota. I I'm not mentioned. interested in that at all. I, I think that Winston, watching the Chiefs game and watching some of his other showdowns, has been excellent. He, for his second year in the league, Winston might be one of the least talked about quarterbacks who should be talked about a lot more. TJ had a... Blame it on the uniforms. 
Yeah. I think that's very fair. I think you're down in football nowheresville down in Tampa. Team that gets less attention than any team in the league outside of Jacksonville. And I I don't want to get into it, but DJ raises the good question, Daniel Jeremiah. Who would you you take of the last – four quarterbacks drafted, Mariota, Winston, Wentz, and Dak. And his larger point was he thinks this this group, this foursome, is going to be a really good foursome. The, the league's kind of in good hands that they have this little next wave. You could throw Derek Carr if you wanted in there. He's he's that, you should. Know, that yeah, young. You definitely should. But but those are from the last two classes alone, four guys who you, you would think is going to be around a long time. By the way, that is that your second DJ reference. If you Sorry. It's like the Beetlejuice rule. If you say it a third time, the entire underworld <laughs> will come to life on this podcast. Have you been watch have you been listening to the Move the Sticks podcast pretty frequently, Greg? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> That's good to know because you you confided in me yesterday that you never listened to our podcast. So if you were listening to his confided. and not even hinting at listening to ours, I would think, you know, we're back in you know, we're back where we were last year with his pet project. Hey, we uh, <laughs> pet, pet project. Pet project. You never know. That might come back, too. What? What is it? Go ahead. IGBP. Go ahead. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. IGBP. <laughs> Sorry, I talked over it. Go ahead. No, that was good. I like that. IGBP. So who was your choice out of those four quarterbacks? Well, who do you think? Winston. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Let's move on. Uh, the New York Jets are coming off their bye. They will host the New England Patriots, and uh, Pats are eight and two, rolling along. Might get Rob Gronkowski back this week. He's practicing uh, as of the taping of the show on Wednesday. Um, we uh, don't know for sure, but it, it seems like that could be a, a possibility. Um, on the Jets side, Todd Bowles came out and announced that Ryan Fitzpatrick is once again the team starter, which to me is a huge. Red flag that uh, Todd Bowles is worried about his job. It's the only thing to me. Uh, that's how I read into it, that he doesn't think Bryce Petty is either the answer or ready at this time. And uh, he wants to try to win seven games or so. And so ownership doesn't uh, can a four and 12 coach. That's how I read into it. We'll see if it works out. Uh, and one thing before we, this is not a good jet team, but it, just the, how much things have changed uh, from last year, the last time these teams met. The Jets beat the Patriots in overtime to be to go to ten and five. The world was an amazing place for me, at least, and millions of other Jets fans. Things are very different now, very different. I after watching the Rams Jets game week ten, I oh, can't, I would have told you not even to watch that one. I can't imagine any clear thinking Jets fan wanting to see Bryce Petty in November, or even before week seventeen. They cannot run a real offense with Bryce Petty. I'm sorry. You can't. It's like watching a worse Jared Goff. He was terrible in that game. He checked down or went with the first read on almost every throw. And you're not talking about a first-round draft pick here. You're talking about a guy who's unlikely to ever be a solution to anything. Don't put your fan base through his offense. I think I, the, see, you have to I play Fitzpatrick. Wes. And if the season is lost in week 16 or 17, and you want to get a glimpse of a guy who has a chance to be a decent backup someday. Play Bryce Petty, but he was so bad in that Rams game that you're not serving your fan base by playing him at all. I don't think he played well, uh, but I, I thought he showed some moments. He, he led the team. Did a, you? Did, a, wait, let me finish. Okay. A 99-yard touchdown drive. He missed a wide-open Robbie Anderson, uh, which was a bad miss, which I really think – and again, one thing, and the same thing with Goff, you, you didn't like the way he looked at all. 
I have to give some of these guys a little bit of room in their first start of their careers. There could be butterflies. They're, they're, they're trying to get their feet under them. That's why you want to see four to five games of Bryce Petty and not one or two. I, I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the future. Even if, Ryan, even if Bryce Petty, if I'm going to learn he's the backup, I want to actually get a good look at him and not just go kind of blind based on his draft pedigree or the offense he came out of in college. Or but if you game. can't run an NFL offense with him, that defeats the whole purpose. And but they we don't know that yet. They didn't run an NFL offense with him, and I don't think they can. There's nothing I've seen out of Bryce Petty in preseason or, or otherwise that makes me think you can run an NFL offense with this guy. But what do you get with Ryan Fitzpatrick? A competitive NFL team. It's still in November. Fitzpatrick's oh, not time to give over. up on the season I'm weird, and subject but, fans to that kind of football. I'm weird, but Fitzpatrick scares me a little bit. At this point, the, I don't count this as just an automatic W because I want to see what happens with this Patriots defense, and I think back to last year. I know it's a different Jets team, but they played them tight two games last year. It wasn't just the game they won. Both of those games were really evenly played games. And if one quarterback's going to get hot, and expose a defense that's had some busted coverages and not much of a pass rush, you know, it's got to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, not Bryce Petty. Probably. Well, I just feel like we haven't seen enough to yeah. really be passing judgment on Bryce Petty. And no, I would have liked to see Bryce Petty I'm, at home against the uh, flawed Patriots defense in a good setting. Right. I, I feel like they're missing an opportunity here. I, I see both of your arguments. Yeah. I actually don't I, feel I do strongly too. one do, way or the other. I do too, but I think that the, the, there's a, always a divide between the way that analysts and particularly in this case, Jets fans would think, and a coaching staff that whether they're not thinking about their future right now. They, their job is to go out and win every week, and they've come to the conclusion <laughs> this week that Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you a better chance against the best I team in the league than Oddball's Bryce Petty. is thinking about his future. He's worried about I, his future. He's, he's also, thinking about his, he's also guys, thinking about his locker room filled with veterans right, who don't want right. an inept quarterback I, in their center. These guys are paid Which has been to Ryan win Fitzpatrick now. This year. But Fitzpatrick is not inept. He's just had a bad season. Bryce Petty is inept. I'm thinking back disagree. to the start of that game, though, and it's kind of it's sad a little to think about. They panned to the crowd when Petty started, and they showed a couple Jets fans, and they were recording the moment on their phone. Like this that's, is the start of the breast. Why it's Bryce that Petty is Jets so fan. depressing. <laughs> the Jets have I'm not saying had a quarterback. Thinking Jets fans. The Jets clear have- thinking. You watched Bryce Petty play. You look at the offense they ran. Think clearly not, I hope this fourth-round pick can become our quarterback, but think clearly about what he did in that game. Some would say that clear thinking is not making a rash decision on a quarterback based on four quarters. That's a, I mean, I think you could have a clear thinking opinion as a Jets fan wanting to see more of this guy. I think, the, I think at three and seven, what, else, what do you have to lose? Besides more games. I mean, how matter. do you go from begging for more respect for Ryan Fitzpatrick all offseason and throughout the early part of the season to, like, Bryce Petty's a better option than him? I don't get that. Three and seven. It's over. I mean, the Ryan- I think also the the whole situation with Fitzpatrick is there's no future at this point. No, he's and not you're, coming you're back. And you're saying turn the – as a fan, you're saying turn the page. Right. I, I get that. I, I am – as I an analyst, not, I'm saying turn the page. This is there's the, nothing to be gained with Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's something to the rivalry here that it's a division game and it's their biggest rival and it's it's a home game and this is their Super Bowl. They're not going to have any good moments this year in particular, but if they somehow beat the Patriots, which you know, I could you could almost see happening at the right That's only won 3 of the last 7 games. Right, you could almost see happening. I, I think the Patriots defense will eventually figure it out, but right now last week they they basically benched Landon Roberts, who was the guy I was talking up as the Jamie Collins replacement. They put in Shea McClellan. 
They've got Kyle Vanoy uh, rushing the passer as their outside linebacker. Actually had a decent game. It's these guys that are rejects from the NFC North that the Lions and Bears didn't want. Allen Branch has been solid for them is facing a suspension. So there, there's a lot they're just trying to figure out. I wouldn't be. I kind of expect they will figure it out, but they haven't yet. And so is, that's why is the Belichick's Jets- plan to slowly dissemble the Patriots into a trash <laughs> roster and then hand the team over to McDaniel's, who will struggle making Belichick look all that much. They've had some bad smarter. defenses. I mean, think about the 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 team that went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Giants the second time. That defense was terrible um, talent-wise and just how it was playing. So sometimes it takes them a little while to There are different levels of terrible, but yes. Right. They had five That's sacks fair. last week. Yeah. Not one of them came from an edge rusher. Let's uh, move on and talk about the Carolina Panthers at 4-6. and six. Forked by the Fork Committee on Tuesday, correct? Did we? No, we, we did them. not. Did no, we did. We did. Yeah, we, we did, did. fork They're gone. Uh, they now travel to Oakland to face the Raiders on a short week. The Raiders are not just on a short week, um, Mark Sessler. They are also playing in Mexico City where it was a draining mm. game where they were you know, on the field in the high altitude. That was a tough game that they pulled out, and now they have uh, a wounded Panther game here. Uh, I, I, could, I could see uh, what I guess you would call an upset with the Panthers getting the win. Do you see it that way at all? Absolutely not. I don't care where the Raiders played last week. They're going to win this game, and that's why it's my lock of the week. Lock it up. Snuck that one up on us. I think that everything that we could have looked at last year with the Panthers, everything was flying. You're 14-0. You've got your dancing, your dabbing. You're doing all your fun (laughs) stuff. All the millennials love you. It's all going to the Raiders now. The Raiders are that team that has this inexplicable – positive energy throwing, flowing through it. And it's also, you've got a lot of talent. You've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. That can help neutralize what's been a good pass rush for the Panthers. And I think Oakland, in at home, takes this game and allows us to finally, we've, do, we've done this officially at last, mm-hmm. but enough with this idea that the Panthers are going to climb back into the playoffs <laughs> and win anything. They're not, they're not that team right now. They're a good defense, and the, they're, they've been a consistent defense, and they're, they're going to miss Luke Keekley a lot, uh, assuming he doesn't return for this game, which I think is a safe assumption. Mario Addison's been their best pass rusher. I don't know if he's going to be available for this game, but the defense has been good enough to keep them in this game. They still have Cam Newton and a good defense. I kind of expect these Raiders games to come down to the end at this point. Because most of them do, right? And I think that's fair to expect. That I, I don't think the Raiders. You can compare their records. I don't think they're that much better than the Panthers. And I know that's like a hmm. thing that Mark doesn't like because the Panthers aren't very good, and we keep making excuses for them. But it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they beat the Raiders in this game. I don't. I don't think really? that's, that's unfair to say that there isn't that much difference. But I. I think there's something that we can't beyond the numbers and all that stuff. And it's a hazy argument, but it's like the Raiders are just kind of rolling. They're playing with extreme confidence, and I think for very a, fortunate to win on Monday night. Sure, very they are. fortunate. Sure, but you know what? If you look at some of these teams when they go from being a losing team to suddenly pulling off a twelve and four type year, this goes back to teams I followed in the eighties, where you go from like this midway junk squad to a sudden playoff type deal that you win some of these games along the way. And they're also, they have one of the coaching staffs that isn't afraid to roll the dice and go for it. Some of their wins are because right. they are a more but daring group than others. I understand like a lot of teams ended up 12-4 and four like that they roll, but a lot of teams that end up 9-7 and seven 
are eight and two at one point, and they've outplayed. They've gotten luckier in the season. That luck evens out. The, Pan- the Panthers, though, after that game with the injuries, it-, it felt like a dead team, and they have found ways to lose games. And even though they beat the Saints, if that game was three minutes longer, they would have found a way to lose that one too. They were holding on for dear life, playing with uh, a little bit of lemon booty there. They- they've kind of lost what? their what? little that- le- lemon booty. People know that. What does that? The old uh, people. You know, people what planet? On- people on the internet. The old lemon uh, booty. The old, you know what, just closing up a little bit. Lemon party? Closing up a little bit. Lemon booty, that's new. I never heard that. Hmm. Oh, oh, it's a, a, a butthole reference. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, here's why um, we should feel good about uh, forking the Panthers. Um, their remaining strength of schedule, toughest in the league. Wow. Four of their final six games are on the road. Um and uh, four of their final six opponents have a winning record, Oakland, Seattle, Washington, and Atlanta. So Keep high out, dude. You know, when you start one and five, there's a reason why those teams Tough never to make out. Let's move on. The Kansas City Chiefs, 7-3, and three, fresh off a really uh, surprising loss at home to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, ooh, that could really hurt now because now they go to Denver to face the Broncos. And uh, the Broncos are well-rested, coming off a bye. And this is a battle that um, the loser of this game uh, may not have a chance in the division. Uh, with the Raiders at 8-2, and two, uh, the loser would fall to 7-4, and four, and the, they, they would be behind two teams. So what happens here? Greg Rosenthal. I don't have a strong feeling, but the Chiefs need to play better on defense. This needs to be a defense-first team, and they're – they couldn't get off the field last week. D Ford was not at practice Wednesday. That's a huge loss. Uh, they've been getting some good contributions from the rookie Chris Jones. I-, I think this Broncos offensive line has been so bad that almost every defense should look good against them. And and that's the type of game Kansas City needs to win here. I want to see the Chiefs that I expected. I haven't really seen it for three or four weeks. I get that their defense didn't play well. They had injuries. Marcus Peters, who was so important to their team, did not play. Sounds like he'll be back, too. Which is their great. offense has been more of a problem lately. Without Jeremy Macklin and with Alex Smith playing as poorly as, as, he, as he has all year, I think it's the offense that has been more of the problem in Kansas City. Mm. Watch out if Kansas City can't win this game because that would be a two-game losing streak in their next two games at Atlanta and then home to, th- uh, home to the Raiders on a short week on Thursday night. And then home at Titans, and then home to Broncos. That's a tough remaining schedule. They for do Kansas have a, City. They do have a Woo! tough schedule. I think they are both, not in the clear. Both you guys are right. I mean, in that Bucks game, the Bucks kept converting third down, eleven right. to sixteen, and they kept the drive third alive long over a lot of and times. over. And the offense, I mean, they're statistically it's it's eighty fewer yards per game over the last three. Spencer Ware, who is so important to that ground game, has not been the same since he had the concussion. And they're missing guys. And I, I love Tyreek Hill. He's he's an interesting player to watch, and he's becoming more of a core component every week. They move him all over the place. They're even using him in the backfield and stuff. But it just feels like an offense that you're not sure where you're going to get production from week to week with guys like Macklin. Right. I get that they're smart. They don't have a lot of penalties, and you have a turnover margin, and you're well coached. And I think yards are overrated. But at a certain point, you're 24th in the league in offense and 25th in defense. And so it it's hard I, it's hard to like keep doing that week after week and be a seven and three type of team. I think Alex Smith actually was better last week, for the most part. He had that one bad mistake, and otherwise it was it was kind of an Alex Smith type of game. Maybe he can build off it. Is this another seven win team that we don't 
quite believe in? They need to be healthy for me to believe in them. I, with without Jeremy Macklin, I, I don't believe in that offense certainly, and without D Ford, and and if we ha- we have to see what Justin Houston is still. If right. they're not healthy, I don't believe it. Right. The, now that I've thought it through, we should pick this game, by the way, because this feels like a toss-up okay, of a I big like game. I, I, by the way, this is the Sunday night game. Flex, the Jets and Pats flexed out. Yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, Broncos, Chiefs, I, Sunday night football, Mike Tirico. I trust the Broncos' defense. To me, that's the thing that's in this game that I believe in. They had everyone at their practice coming out of the bye. They are a healthy team right now. And I think at home, I think you're going to start to see – the Broncos with with a little m- more of a push and look better. Even though they're seven and three, they'll, they'll look better. I'm worried about their offense. I don't know if they can get a running game going with C.J. Anderson out and Trevor Simeon isn't going to win ball games. But I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs. This could be a slide uh, beginning now, and I like the Denver Broncos here. Wes, I trust the Broncos, and I trust Trevor Simeon more than most people do. Gary Kubiak said today they're going to keep putting more on mm. Trevor Simeon's plate as the season goes along, and he's going to have more responsibility down the stretch than he's had all year. They're going to have to, right? I mean, I if they can't run the to. ball, they're going to have yeah. to hope that he can progress. I, I think the Kubiak's done a really incredible job with quarterback play and quarterback transition in a really interesting situation over the past two seasons. Simeon and Lynch are generating more points than Manning and Osweiler did last year. I, I do. I trust at home in a primetime spot. Mm-hmm. Denver and Denver's defense, that's secondary, please. I mean, where is Kansas City going to find its way on offense in this game? I'm going Denver. I, I Just look at the organization almost deserves credit, and I think it can carry you through seasons like this. Their win totals over the last four years, it's almost under the radar, 13-13-12-12. So, you know, the Seahawks get a lot of credit for being at the very, very top of the league. The Broncos have been right there with the Patriots and the Seahawks for the last four years. So I, I kind of just expect it to keep happening. And they're the team that's knocked New England out of the playoffs multiple times. Yep. John Elway, he's done this his whole career. There's certain teams that are right there with him. He know, he gets their number as a player, now as a GM. All right, which takes us to Monday night football. Two struggling teams that really need a win in a bad way. I would go as far as to say the loser of this game might, you know, might just have to shut it down. Loser disappoints his dad. Four and six Packers who have lost four straight. Um, and are d- did we fork the Packers yesterday? No, we didn't. Was no. I at the show yesterday? I don't remember. <laughs> um, and they. This is what happens when you have a second child? Exactly. You're not going to e- remember anything. The Eagles, who were once upon a time the talk of the NFL, are, have lost three or four. <laughs> They're now five and five. So both these teams need a win in the worst way. Only one will get it. And Chris Wessling. Do you count on Aaron Rodgers to show the Packers the way in primetime? Against the NFL's best home defense this season. Mm, Aver- good matchup. Averaging 9.5 points allowed in Philadelphia. Wow. That is a tall order. Especially considering they've played Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Exactly. If you are in, you know, if you want to get a leg up on your buddies in your player of the week pool, because I know you all have them. <laughs> oh, yeah. POW pool? Yeah, player of the week pool. Carson Wentz. I mean, come on. The Packers defense has made Mariota the player of the week. They've made Kirk Cousins the player of the week. (laughs) Carson Wentz is the next guy up here. Big, big chance for everybody in your POW leagues. (laughs) POW leagues. I can't even get involved in those leagues. I get too 
encompassed by it. Yeah. I get too competitive. I had to step out of that. Uh, Cost you know, me my first marriage. Oh. No, of course. I mean, the, hazard, I'm gonna the hazards are plenty. I'm going to retire after picking Aguayo before last week as special teams player of the week. No one <laughs> saw that coming. <laughs> not even Aguayo. Did you, did you put that on vibe. Twitter on Saturday? I hope not. <laughs> Better not have. <laughs> Barely exists. Wouldn't count then. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mention it. Um, this Packers defense <laughs> over their last four games, we, we mentioned this on Sunday night, is you've got to go back to 1951 for a four-game stretch where they've been as bad as they are in terms of giving up points. And then you've got Wentz, who's thrown four touchdowns since week five. But I agree with Wes. I mean, you've got issues with your with your backfield in Philadelphia. We need to see what happens over the next couple of days. Sproles, Matthews, both didn't practice on Wednesday. But come on. This is a home game. Yes. Or no. And let's attack. Let's attack. I think they've actually let Wentz attack a little bit more. They don't really have a downfield receiver. I mean, they got Nelson Aguilar's, you know, seeing a sports psychologist say, talking <laughs> about this week. It's, Come on. And then he's not meeting with the media. They don't have anyone to throw to, but I want them to be aggressive. I think they're trying to put a little more on Wentz. They can run the ball. I, I think the Eagles have a sneaky, could be a good running game. Like, they should put up points in this game. What, what is going on with the sports psychologist stuff? They should have Nelson Aguilar. Or meet with Steve Smith. Like honestly, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, the the mental, the the mind, the mind's eye. It's a very complicated thing. But oh, Fra- what is this? fragile. He's, what is he's going like on? He's like twenty three, and probably someone, a coach, a position coach, probably said, "Go do this." And so you say, "Yes, okay." But what happens in these meetings? You will catch the ball. Well, I, I haven't had an athletics career since, like, seventh grade, so I don't know what happens in those meetings. What? It's like Stuart. In junior high, did they have sports psychology? I'm just saying it was not even in the realm. It's like Stuart Smalley talking to Michael Jordan. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to say, like, I don't, I'm don't. i trying to be sensitive, but it just all seems a little ridiculous. Mm. That's all. This is it's a, it's a tough matchup for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense, but I think if, if you squint – a little bit. You can kind of see this Packers offense coming together the last few weeks. I know they start every game slow, which is a problem. That Their scripted plays, their first quarter of the last three games has been really bad. But I think Rodgers has played pretty well the last few weeks. I think Cobb made a few plays last week. Cook kind of finally got off the schneid. Adams has been fantastic. I don't think the offense, you know, is too far away if the defense could catch up. Pick the game, Mark. Eagles. West, and do you have a point? Against all logic, I'm going Packers. I don't know why. Uh, Kristen Michael's going to play this week. He didn't know the offense last mm. week, but Mike oh. McCarthy has said he's going to be in the mix this week. So he doesn't read the playbook anyway, though. So it yeah, he does, he's a running back. What does he need to know? Jeez, <laughs> uh, this is the hardest game for me to pick because I could totally see well, it's the your job. Eagles laying an egg here. I mean, the uh, Packers laying an egg on the road, and yet, like Wes, I feel like they might have one more – Victory in them. I'll go with the Packers as One well. One more death spasm. I never pick against the Eagles. That's just <laughs> basically been a stupid policy. If there's this, ever been a week. smart move in the history of picks in the NFL, never go against I the mean, Eagles. I mean, it feels like I haven't this year. So it doesn't def- have to be a policy. I'm definitely not doing it at home against the Packers. Taking the Eagles. What is with yeah. the league's uh, – decision and they love to do this putting teams on two weeks in a row in prime time do we really need to yeah, see Green weird. Bay again on prime time after we've well, we just been through I don't mind the Packers yeah I, don't I know mind. you don't but a they're lot of kind of don't. interesting a lot of people falling apart they're almost wow. a little more interesting with the world burning around yeah, them such a Greg answer 
They, it's the true, world though. is not burning you know, around them. That's like Rogers is cranky was, and things are happening. Packers fans are some interest- of the nicest people, but the, you can't ask like the world is burning around <laughs> Packers fans. They've had nothing but stellar well, quarterback play going back to the early it, 90s. That's part of it. Things are crumbling. The franchise is at a crossroads all They're going to finish like 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, and everything is going to be just fine in the end, and they'll get another six primetime games next year. Um, Dan, do you remember the yeah. – Yes. Uh, William Goldman, Mike Lubica book with yes. next year. You lent it to me. It was great. And book. William Goldman talks about Dwight Gooden, how he's on top of the world in 1985. You've never seen a better 20-year-old pitcher in the history of baseball. It's like Aaron Rodgers in 2014. Mm. 1987, Dwight Goodman's about 70 or Dwight Gooden's about 70% as good as he was, but he's not transcended anymore. And you talk yourself into all these excuses, but deep down, in your heart of hearts, you know you're never going to see the Dwight Gooden. Again. What? I was. You I, feel that way? Well, I, I feel like we you, we were all making excuses for Aaron. I Rodgers thought you were going to go and 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 equivocate that somehow Aaron Rodgers is a cocaine addict. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm there, saying there are other factors there. But that's a history fair point there. tells us we're probably never going to see Aaron Rodgers to the heights At he was peak. in 2014. Mm. And even if he never does, he'll be a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. And to me, 2014 Aaron Rodgers is more interesting than falling apart. Uh, Packers. Or- I I hear you, but I. I I don't buy that we won't see him at the top again. I think he's too good. I think it might take a new coach, but I, I think he's too good and he's still too young to we not were, see him at, the, at a high we level. We were calling him the best quarterback we've ever seen in 2014. I don't. History says that probably won't happen again. Feels we're, like a long time ago. We were saying it in 2015, too. September. Yes, we were. I agree. Anyway, check out the Dave Damaschek football uh, program where the Pie Off 5 went down, and if you're tracking this at all, you might know that the old Zeuser and Hansus Corp won our third title in four years. Dynasty. We have a, any type of applause or anything? Huzzah! Right. Huzzah, that's good. I'll take that. Are you like Alexander the Great now? <laughs> when he took over the world, he sat on a mountainside and cried because he had nothing left to conquer? Well, actually, Ann, Ann Bates, my mother-in-law, announced at, on the podcast she's retiring, Hansus mm-hmm. Corp shutting down, nothing else to prove. Well, I think next prove. year you should have to make the pie and let's see what, oh, hell no. how that happens. No, no. What do I gain? Nothing. And I can't make I can't bake. Do you know who was really insulted by this whole thing? Who? Tara Deeker. Oh, she she, she is miserable. Oh, yeah, about she encountered this. us in the makeup room and she was She was flying off the handle on the show. I I, I implore everyone to listen to it. It was it was uh, fun was to hear nonplussed. a woman breaking down uh with a microphone in front of her face. Always fun. Uh <laughs> we'll be back on Sunday recapping all the games that we just previewed. Uh so make sure you come back. Uh, and do that. Uh, thank you again, everyone. Sydney, one last word to the audience. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> so she's like, I'm terrible. She's on like, the website, there's like seven windows up yeah. like the Bahamas. It's and like, like Malibu <laughs> Hotel, <laughs> Malibu Beach House, a Dublin Castle. She's trying to maybe buy it with cash. <laughs> I am. I am honestly like speechless about the whole thing, and I'm not very good at like expressing those feelings. But um, yeah, I mean, what what great listeners we have. Well, the listeners gave I mean, a gift to a worthy person. I'd say we've I had agree. we've had some we've been attached to some people, you know, in the building that wouldn't deserve that gift. She does. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, okay, let's get out of here. Great job, listeners. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the Quiet Storm. Mark, sorry that we picked the Browns this week. That's overblown. I'm not upset. <laughs> the mailman, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass. Till Sunday.
And now a word from our sponsor. On the day before Thanksgiving, we give thanks for Helen Mies, the Dutch opinion writer, economist, and lawyer who, after university, spent six-plus years toiling behind the scenes at the Dutch treasury in The Hague, the Netherlands. Tired of being tempered in a white male-dominated milieu, Mies made waves in 2006 as a fledgling opinion writer, authoring a killer dissertation on Shanghai's influence over Western-based economies before unleashing a rash of white-hot essays on the rise of the female workforce, most notably a piece entitled No More Part-Time Feminism, an Examination on Women, Ambition, and Career in a Post-Margaret Thatcher Universe. Mies never lost her passion for economics, though, turning heads in November 2016 with an unhinged editorial for The Daily Hague, in which she asked openly about the future cost of today's students ignoring the study of economics. In quotes, if only The Hague had a hero, she wrote, someone who cared enough about our youth to teach pivotal lessons on supply and demand chains and the influence of Red China on Western economic thought. If only there was a figure brave enough to give his life for the students of our country. Where is that person? Will he ever rise and shine? Sign up for Mr. Flame's high school economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands, today at www.flameclass.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.